Welcome to the Rich Stylist Podcast. I'm Ashley Diana, business coach for Hair Extension Pros and founder of Rich Stylist Academy. I'll be your guide as you begin to attract your dream clients, create amazing extension transformations, and have your bank account overflowing with cash. Let's go. Welcome back to Rich Stylist. Today's conversation is with the incredible Natasha July. Natasha is the owner of Marikai Extension Salon in Michigan, and she's a creator of Muse Hair Pro Hair Extensions. She is an absolute powerhouse, and to me, she is the definition of rich in all areas of her life. She's built an incredible extension business for herself personally, but also the way that she has built her salon business is absolutely stellar. Natasha and I first connected a few years ago through my program, and I have loved to see her shine and love to see her success, and I'm just so proud of what she's done. It is incredible. You'll hear in this episode, Natasha shares a lot about what she discovered inside our online academy and how that helped her not only skyrocket her extension business, but then to go on and create her own hair brand, open an extremely successful salon while still being a rock star mom. So if you've ever had dreams of opening your own salon, starting your own line of extensions, I'm telling you this episode is for you. Natasha, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you for having me. It's so good to see you again. Finally, I feel like we haven't talked. In like- I know it's been a, a while. We've both been so busy with our own projects and then pandemic happened and what in the world? Thank God it's like halfway over. I feel like at least where I'm at, it's like finally not talked about and you don't hear about, you know, nobody's coming in with masks on or anything. It's like, thank God we're back to normal. Yeah. And some, I, sometimes I find myself saying post pandemic and then I go, is that, is, is that like politically correct? Are we post pandemic or are we, there's definitely a part of life at least, I mean, is, is post pandemic, like how we're functioning now. And like you said, going into the salon and not wearing masks and going into stores. So I think we can say we're post pandemic now. I find myself referring to like points in my life as like before COVID, because I feel like my life has dramatically changed since COVID because I mean, for me, it was like a reset. I actually had time to think about, okay, what am I doing in my life that's working? And what am I doing in my life that is not working? And what would my ideal life look like? Because like after taking your course, I feel like I was always so busy and in the routine of things during your course, but taking what I learned from Rich Stylist Academy and like thinking about those things during that three months that we had off and thinking, okay, what can I do to bring me closer to my higher self? Mm -hmm. And what can I implement into my life that would make my financial situation better, my family life better, you know, just all my overall well-being better. Um, because I was so busy and I feel like that's so common is just getting into the routine and just being content and plateauing as a stylist, because there's nothing there to disrupt our routine. And when that happened for me, it was when I was like, okay, you know what, if I'm not going to do all these things that I wanted to do and said, I was going to do in my lifetime, if I don't do it now, when the hell am I ever going to do it? So I'm, I went into everything, um, and we'll talk about the changes that I've made in the last two years. Um, but I basically was like, 
I'd rather become a salon owner, become extensions, uh, you know, an extension stylist only, um, start a hairline, do all these things and risk everything that I have then and, and say, oh, well, I at least tried it and maybe it didn't work out, but I could sleep at night knowing, okay, I did all these things I said I was going to do and maybe it didn't work out, but I would rather do that than never know like what would have happened if I would have followed through and pursued my dreams. So yeah, it was a blessing for me. I know for some people it might not have been a blessing like COVID I'm speaking of, but um, I yeah. feel like I did it to help me get to that next level in, in my career. I remember when when COVID first started, and I remember you specifically posting in the group saying, now I finally have some time. You're like, I am taking this time. I finally have some time. I'm going to watch everything. I'm going to implement it. And you've always been, like from day one, I've met you. And that's, I think you're honestly one of the most inspiring stylists and people to talk to, truly, truly. Um, but from day one, you've, you've, like you said, you've been busy, you've been a hustler, like you have done all the things and you're also a mom, your, your wife, like everything. So yeah. for you to say, you know, whoa, 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 I need to, I need to hold up. I need a pause. You had like a hard pause to be like, okay, now I'm, you had a moment of not like be kind of being in the hamster wheel to say like, okay, you were already doing great. But you were like, what is the life that I actually want to be living? Like, what do I want my day-to-day -day look like? What kind of risk do I want to take that I like all keep thinking about, but I haven't like put into action? And you yeah. took that time. And I was like, holy shit, this girl is on fire. Like if, if you could have been more on fire, you did that. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I don't know what got into me. It was like this beast that I feel like I've been like holding inside of me for so long, like was unleashed. But I can say that, I've always known that I wanted to, um, you know, open a salon, you know, um, have a great team behind me of stylists that I can count on so I can go on vacation and say, hey, I can refer you to so-and-so. She's on my team. She's trained underneath me. So I can have that peace of mind, like leaving and going on vacation and having that freedom of, you know, not having to lose sleep over, oh my God, who's going to do so-and-so's hair because I'm leaving and going on vacation. Like, I just, I always knew that I wanted to become a salon owner and do all these types of things, but my kids were young at the time. And I knew once they are all in school, I will be able to accomplish and, and fulfill these dreams. So my, my youngest right now is six. I have an eight-year-old and I have an 11-year-old. 11, 11 um, I started having kids young. I was like 22 when I had my son. So when you're 22, you're not like financially in the position to start a business. And then it just got busy. Like I was like, you know, popping out one after the other. And then, you know, when they're little, it's hard to do anything or focus on anything besides your family and your kids. So sure. COVID kind of happened at the great, like the perfect time for me because my little one was in preschool when it happened. And I'm like, okay, next year she's going to be in school full time. So this is when I should be pre-planning and figuring out the logistics of what I want to do. And whenever I'm like talking or thinking about goals, um, one thing that I can say that has helped me is I always keep in mind like the end. And that was like, I think yes. something from you is like, yes. start the end in mind. Yes. Where do I want to be? I'm 34 years old right now. And I'm always thinking, where do I want to be when I'm 40? Am I doing things today that is going to, that my 40 year old self is going to thank me for? Because when I'm 40, I can't see me working behind the chair five days a week doing extensions. Like it's so hard on our bodies. 
Sure. So I need to do things today that's going to help my 40 year old self and, you know, give that person a boost, you know? I love that so much. I love it so much. I do. I feel like I'm a broken record when I say like, guys, th think of the end in mind. It's not about today. It's, it's about like, what do you want? Uh, really longer term. It's like five years from now, 10 years from now. Like what are those crazy wild, you know, we call them seagull dreams, the dreams that are like, I have no idea how in the world I would ever make that happen. Like that kind of thing. And that's what you have done. But those are the things. And then you go, okay, great. If that's, that's my dreams, I don't need to know how exactly I'm doing it at this second, but I need to go, okay, work back until you get to the day, until you get to the daily habits of this is what needs to happen. So that in one year, five years, 10 years, I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, she did it or I did it, whatever. I remember specifically, and I probably still have this video saved in my phone. You had us like tape ourselves doing, um, like basically talking about what our goals are and what our ideal life looked like. And I remember, I specifically remember I was at, in Florida at the time, I was on the beach and I was on vacation with my family because I'm in Michigan. Like that's where I, my business is and that's where I live is Michigan. Um, and I remember saying, I have three kids. I want to own a salon. I don't know how the hell I'm ever going to own a salon, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to figure it out. You know, like I'm going to make it happen. And I had no idea. I never owned a business before in my life. And now I'm running two businesses and opening up a third, which we'll get to Ooh. in about the hairlines and all that. But it's like, you, you don't, nobody's going to give you a manual and say, this is how you do it. You just have to figure it out as you go, you know, like, and that's when you learn the most, that's the fun part is like figuring it all out and like being in that like messy middle and, and figuring out systems. And that's a big thing too, is like figuring out, you know, how can this be duplicatable if I wanted to open a second location, which right now out of the question, but I'm doing things today. So if that ever were an option, I could always do that. Very smart. Yeah, like a turnkey type of yeah. salon and business. Yeah. yeah. Prior to the, the pandemic, of course, um, because we, we met probably maybe a year ish prior to the ish prior to the pandemic. Yeah, May 2018, I think is when I started. Um Yeah. I think so. So what what was it that made you just say say yes to changing things up and yes and investing in yourself to a, like a, a, a new kind of, of coaching? What what was what needed to be up-leveled for you? So I feel like I was, I never worked full-time behind the chair. I was never one to work 40 hours a week behind the chair just because I had kids. Sure. Um, but I, I felt like I was capped off at a certain daily service quota or average service sales for the day. Cause there's only so much you can do in one day as one person, um, especially just doing color and maybe dabbling in extensions here and there. But of course. it was like, when I saw your post, I felt like you were speaking to me. And that's another thing that you teach is talking to your ideal client, which has been huge for me. Um, so I just felt like, okay, I know I want more in life. I know I don't want to work more, but I want to make sure I'm maximizing the amount of dollars that I'm making behind the chair and doing things that I actually love and enjoy doing. Because I, I found myself like, day to day doing color. And I'd be sitting there like boiling a whole head. I, I, I had like very like specific key moments in my brain that I remember that like were turning points for me. Oh, so yeah. make it quick, but I was foiling this girl's hair and she had so much hair, like a shit ton. Of, you know, those people, it's just like oh, never yeah. 
I'm foiling because she wanted to be blonder. And it was right around the time that your posts were showing up in my feed. Like, you know, do you want more for your life? And, and yes. our extension clients. And I was like, yes. And I'm sitting here foiling this girl's hair. And I was like, okay, thinking in my head, I could be, have done an extension and the amount of time that it took me to foil this chick's hair. And my service ticket was like high 200s. And I'm like, what am I doing? I could have just completed an entire hair extension for two to $3,000. And I'm doing a service for 200 to $300. So yeah. it was just like, I need something more. My lifestyle, I like nice things. And I knew it wasn't like, okay, this is it for me. I'm just going to be a mediocre hairdresser making, you know, you know, close to a hundred grand a year before I started, I would say I was making around that. So, but I'm like, th that's great, but I knew I wanted more, you know? So for me, it was like, how can I maximize my time behind the chair to be the most profitable? Yeah. And, and, and is that when you made a decision to, to be an extension only style? Did, did I nudge you to do that? <laughs> Were you like, I'm throwing in the color brush? <laughs> I didn't even know that that was a such thing. I did not know that it was possible to have that many clients um, doing hair extensions. Like, I guess, but that was like my small mindedness. I'm like, I could never get that much many hair extension clients to fill my books behind the chair three days a week or four days a week, you know? So once I heard that it's possible, that's when I'm like, for me, I was like, okay, if these people can do it, why can't I? Okay. So that's what was the biggest like aha moment was seeing that it can be done. And now look at you. Well, I mean, look at this. I mean, it, th but that's the thing. It's like, sometimes it just takes that one tip or that one idea or that, that one example or story to be like, that literally changed everything for me. I, I we're all we're all wired that way. Sometimes, and everybody needs that. Maybe needs it in a different way. Um, for sure. But yeah, I mean that that's just why I just get. I mean, I'm I'm honestly I don't know if you can tell, but I'm sitting here like holding back, tearing up because I love. Uh, it's just so cool. It's just so cool to hear the passion in you and just to see. Yeah. what happened just to see what happened from an idea and from an example um yeah. which is why i wanted to have this podcast in general was to show stylists like throw away this limited mindset because and, and i wanted to share examples of stylists who have just like just broken a glass ceiling entirely and can't, i mean spe speaking of that um income wise you were making 100 or maybe roughly maybe a little give or take yeah. Um, well now I'm extension only. So awesome. definitely raised the bar for me. Um, and I'm still working the same amount of days behind the chair as I was prior. Like I said, I was working like three days a week behind the chair. I would usually do two color days and then I would go into my days off for extension clients, um, which usually like one extra day a week. Sometimes I would come in if I had another one. Um, but I wasn't at the extent that I am now with extensions. Now I only do extensions. I'm behind the chair three days a week. Um, I'm doing invisible bead extensions, which allows me to do like up to eight people in a day. So now I would say, um, I would say I've at least tripled my income just myself awesome. since then, and at a minimum. Sure. I haven't gone through the numbers, which I probably should, but yeah, it's been life-changing definitely to say the least. Oh, yeah, I love it so much.
That's fucking incredible. I love it. <laughs> now, so you're doing, so let's talk about the extensions that, that you do. You do invisible and you do great length still, or do you just mainly focus on invisible now? Okay. So I, I would say I'm like 90% invisible bead extensions. Okay. And I have about 10% of my old clients that I still do, um, uh, great lengths on or which they're, I'm not using great lengths hair anymore. I'm using my hair because we do have the keratin bonded extensions. Which I didn't know this. I didn't realize that. Okay. We have so much to talk about. Continue. <laughs> so they're not available to the public yet on okay. the website. So, um, but we are going to be releasing them most likely this summer on the website. Um, so right now, um, I do have a hairline and it's just for hand tied wefts only, um, because that's mainly what I do. And I, I think, like I said, this summer we'll be, we'll be, um, adding on the keratin bonded extensions, but I've been using them myself for like a good two years. Um, and it's Muse hair pro. That's the name yes. of the hair. Yep. We have it available in just hand tied and 18 and 22 inches. They're all pre-rooted. I kind of took like, okay, what do I love about great lengths and how can I make it better? I love great lengths hair. I've always had you know, nothing but positive feedback on them. But as I was becoming more and more extensions only, I was having trouble if they went out of stock. I didn't want to lose clients if they were out of stock, which I found was happening more, you know, more, more often. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's when I started my whole, I stumbled upon an amazing opportunity with a hair brand, hairline manufacturer overseas. And I took the idea and I ran with it and it's been great ever since. Um, so Beautiful. it's the, your colors are gorgeous. They're stunning. And I love that they're pre-rooted. So tell, yeah, go ahead and tell us all the things. That was the big thing for me is they are all pre-rooted. I wanted to make sure, um, I didn't, I didn't like with great lengths. They were great colors, but a lot of them had that light root on it. And if you go to like root them with color, then the bond is the bond still yeah. color. So I made sure all of our hair is pre-rooted to help the stylist out because that takes so much time. And I'm like, I don't want to be sitting here coloring hair. That takes an additional like hour and a half at the minimum to pre like root the hair and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted it already ready and, you know, very convenient for the stylist as well as for the client, you know? Sorry, did you say it, it's hand tied, correct? I don't know if you're familiar with like wefts. Yes, I am. Yeah. Hand tied and machine tied. These are yeah. hand tied. Yes. Wow. All we, that's all we offer. Okay. Hand tied. And then the, the texture of the hair. So it's very straight. There's like okay. barely wave to it. That's a question that I get asked a lot is, do you have a little bit of wave to it? I always say, no, you can get, you know, if you scrunch it up a little bit, you can get a little bit of wave, but I wouldn't say it's like comparable to great lengths wave. Okay. Um, which me to my next business that we're opening, I feel like there is a need for wavy, curly hair. Um, and there's a major need. I know yeah. it's so we are, we have found a manufacturer, it's Indian Temple Hair. Um, so we're going to be like pre launching that next month in May. Um, it's going to be available starting out just in hand tied west. Um, we have two textures available it's um, loose wave and deep wave. Um, there's going to be 15 different colors and yeah, we've been using it on a few clients here and there. And that's why I'm kind of doing like a pre-launch because I want people to expedite this like testing process and testing phase of the hair sure. to give me 
feedback on like, what would you change about this hair? What do you like about the hair before I like make it available to the, the, the whole, you know, but yeah. so far I'm wearing the Indian, it's Indian temple hair. Um, I have it now in hand tied wefts, mm -hmm. you can see, but it's definitely more like fluffier than your traditional, you know, like straight hair, which I love because not everybody has, can you see that? Yes. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the IBE way. But yeah, I love it. It's like, it's super flowy and blendy with my hair. Um, it is. I feel like it's great for people that don't even necessarily have to have curly or wavy hair. They just want a little bit more of that like fluffy texture to it. So it's not so like straight and silky, you know? That's so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. I can't wait to, to get my hands on it. Yeah, so we might be introducing those depending on how this whole testing phase goes. Um, we will most likely be introducing like keratin bonds to it as well. So let, let's let's talk about balance and you know, is that real? Is it a myth? Um, you have the salon, you have your own three day week extension clientele business the hair brands launching the new type of hair. Let's talk about your salon structure. Cause I, th I think that really supports you in doing the other things that you want to do. Also your income. Yeah. So at my salon, we're a commission based salon. Um, all of my stylists work on a sliding scale. So meaning the more money they bring in, the more percentage they're going to make. And I feel like that's super important because I really like that. Yeah, I was a stylist and I don't like feeling capped off. I want to know that there's always another level that I can go to. Um, you are the so, perfect example of that. So yeah. it's it's great that you're implementing that and giving that back to stylists. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I tell my girls, I don't want you to get burnt out. It's easy to get burnt out when you're just doing extensions. So I make sure to keep my, um, sorry. My, okay. We can pause. Bring it. And you're good. You're like, the phones are ringing off the hook. We got people coming in. <laughs> we're closed. <laughs> um, so we're closed uh, Sundays and Mondays. And we are only open every other Saturday. And we open at 10 a.m. And we close at 7. Um, Fridays, we're open 10 to 6. We do stay open on Wednesdays till eight. So I think our business hours are somewhere around 40 hours a week. And I told them I refuse to stay open past seven more than one night a week because I don't want my stylist to like do what I did. I used to work till eight and nine o'clock and you don't have to. And we can train our clients to say, look, this is my hours of operation. You can either come to me during those hours or you can go to another stylist. And that's how I built my clientele. And my clients know that. So there's no, it's not a conversation. It's just like my boundaries, which again, I learned from you. You can set your own boundaries and your own schedule and your own state. This is your life. You don't have to do, I don't want to be at anybody's mercy at any one client's mercy to be like, oh, you know, I used to take this one, one lady. She's a business owner as well. She used to say, I need evenings. And I need it on um, weekends. And I'm like, okay, well, now I don't work weekends and I don't work evenings. But I needed somebody as silly as it sounds. Like when you gave me permission to say that, like it's okay to say no to clients. And it's okay to not do men's cuts, kids' cuts. Like you, you can pick what you want to do. Like once I heard that, I was like, yeah, why the hell am I still waxing eyebrows and like doing kids' cuts? I freaking hate it. 
why am I doing this to myself? So now my salon, we only do women's hair. I'm going to take that back. We do have, a, I have a couple stylists that had men's haircuts that they brought over from their previous salon. And I'm like, if you're cool with them, like as long as they're, they're good clients, then keep them, you know? Sure. Um, and, and that goes for any service. If there's a client that you love doing her hair and it's, um, you know, and you don't do women's cuts anymore, whatever, if they're great and they have a good presence and they're like, have good conversation and you feel inspired, then keep them. Like after, after you leave or they leave your chair, you know, there's some people you just enjoy their presence. Like oh, I have, and I'll still cut her hair cause I love her. Like after she leaves, I'm like, oh, I feel so refreshed and good. So I'm like, I'll still cut your hair. It's a good point that, and it's something that I bring up often with people because when I have calls with stylists and rich inside of rich stylist, people are often very nervous and uncomfortable when it comes to boundaries. And especially when it comes to you know, boundaries, raising their clients, uh, raising their clients, raising their prices, you know, maybe losing clients and things like that. And I tell people, I'm like, listen, you, you get to create your business just because I have an idea or I offer you an idea or a, a system you can do, you can still do it the way you want to do it. And I use the example of, listen, you can raise your prices. And if there's still a couple people, and I, I even use your words, I, I say, if you love to be in their presence, do their hair. And the, the, the problem comes when you find yourself dreading, feeling resentful, not enjoying going into the salon to do that person's hair anymore. That's when you know it's a problem. I said, but just because you raise your prices, I said, there aren't rules. You can, you get to create the rules. And that's what's so great. And I feel when I say that, there's like this relief or weight off people's shoulders. They're like, oh, I didn't think about that. I thought if I raised my prices or I thought if I set these boundaries, then it's like an absolute black or white. I'm like, well, no, but the, the, again, we, we want to open our minds. We want to not be limited in what we're thinking and our ideas. It's just, like you said, you love do, doing her hair. Great. You're still an extension only stylist just because you, you love cutting someone's hair. Great. Good. I'm glad that you're doing that. And that because you, again, you create your rules for your business. Exactly. And, and I do feel like that's what a lot of salons lack around, like, especially where I'm located, these salon owners, they only know that way too. Like, oh, we have to offer all services. And it's like, no, like actually when you niche down on a specific service is when you're going to do the best because people are going to want to come to you because they know you specialize in that area. You don't want to be a one size fits all. And that was another huge takeaway from your, from your course was like, I don't want to be the jack of all trades anymore. I want to just specialize in a, what I enjoy doing the most and b what I make the most money at. It just makes more sense. Why still, and especially if you're maxed out behind the chair, like I was triple booked with color clients for years, I would be like at the end of my days. And yeah, I was making great money. Like I said, I would have like 15, $1,600 days, but like in comparison to what, to a normal color uh, uh, stylist, that was great. But once you start doing extensions, that money, I mean, that's, that's peanuts compared to what you yeah. make doing, extensions, you know, it's like, you sure. can do that an hour with extensions. So sure. yeah. Um, yeah. I just feel like, and I, I tell my stylists, like, if you have that heavy feeling in your heart before a client comes in, because you know, they're just like that negative energy and you are stressed about doing their hair, tell me, I will call them and I will fire them for you. Like, I actually enjoy doing that now. It's such I a love you. 
it's so liberating. Like just being like, we don't need your business. If you're going to come in here and like be mean to my stylist and like talk down to them and tell them how to do their job or that is the most liberating thing is in a nice way, firing them and being like, I got you girl. Like they know I have their back and I support them because that's, that's a horrible feeling. It's like doing somebody's hair that you don't enjoy doing. Salon owners, listen up. This is what you want to be. You want to be a leader that your team is like, my owner has my back. She'll do anything for me. She is taking care of things for me. And that's how you have stylists that stay even with a commission-based salon because you're, you're so giving and you have their back. It's not, no, you need to be working. No, you need to do their client because that's money in my pocket because really it ends up losing you money in the long term for your stylist to be doing people that they can't stand or, the, or like just the, the client in general is just bringing down the vibe in the salon. Yeah, in the yeah. salon culture, yeah. Well, that's another thing. Like when people come into our salon, they're like, oh my God, it's such like good vibes in here. You can tell everybody's like, just like gets along. And that was huge for me too, is like hiring stylists that all kind of complement one another. We all have each other's backs and it's like a team-based salon. Um, and I want clients to also feel like if their stylist isn't available, they can go and see, you know, Sam, who's next to me, and they're going to get the same type of service because they're all trained underneath me, you know? So, and, and that was a big reason for opening the salon is like, I can only do so much as one person. I need like a, t I got so busy with extensions that I'm like, okay, I know I only want to work at max three days a week. That's my max. I don't want to work more. And there's only so many clients you can do in a three day period. Right. So that's when I'm like, I need to hire girls underneath me so that I can pass down these color clients that I'm still doing. Cause I had a huge color client base. So I was able to pass those clients down to my girls while they're gradually building their extension clientele too. And it's just like the evolution of the stylist at my salon is like, yeah, they all are doing color, but their end goal, most of them I can say is to mainly do hair extensions, you know? So, and then we, we have assistants and we pass our color clients down to the assistants cause then they know our clients and it's just like this whole life cycle. It sounds like you're going to have to expand at some point because then they're going to be like Zinjanoli and then you're going to have to bring in more color and then more assistance. So I see really <laughs> huge things in your future and I know you do too. Thank um, you. You did a post about the last day at your salon that you had been at for a long time before you opened yours. Yeah. It seemed like you had a good situation and a good transition. Often you hear stylists that are just like, I left and then I got sued because my client, you know, is there anything you could share about that? Like how it went so smoothly or did you, did you just have a great owner or was it not? Like, I don't know. I worked at my previous salon for 13 years. My boss at my old place, I, I love her like a mother. Like she was always, I could get like teary eyed talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> she was like amazing boss thing, um, mentor, leader, all those. So awesome. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I know it, me it means a lot. I, I just, most stylists don't, I, well, I shouldn't say most. I see a lot of stylists that don't have that. And I, and I imagine also number one being who you are, but also coming from that, it's a lot of the reason that you're such a freaking rock star salon owner. Yeah. Thank you. So what I did was I wrote her a letter because I knew I wasn't going to be able to say the things that I wanted to say in person. So I wrote her a letter and I'm like, Hey, can you check your email? Um, I'm going to come in and talk to you. 
um, today. And that was the day I was going to be like, I didn't just leave. I'm like, I want to give you a heads up and tell you what's going on. Um, and that I probably should have told her sooner because come to find out she knew about it way prior to me even addressing it with her, which oh, I thought. Wow. Okay. Um, but that's besides the point. Um, so I wrote her this long letter and I said, it's not because of you that I'm leaving. It's because of me. I just know it's nothing you could have done differently. I know that there's something else out there for me. Yeah. Um, and I just need to go and do it. Like, this is the time that I need. I just feel it. Like I'm, I felt like I was like crawling out of my skin because I wanted to, I just wanted to go. I had like so many wiggles inside of me that I'm like, I need to get these like wiggles out. And <laughs> yeah. I, thing here it was nothing and I told her it was nothing she did nothing she could have done differently and she was so supportive and was like I wish you nothing but the best if you know if there's anything you need let me know and it was just such a good like closure to that like huge part of my life you know so I am and and I tell my girls that work for me here like I'm never gonna make people sign a contract to work for me Mm -hmm. this is open door. If you don't find value in working here, then you shouldn't be here. I don't want you here. I'm never going to make my girl sign a contract saying I'm going to stay here for two years. Like that keeps me on my toes as a salon owner being like, what can I offer these girls that makes them not want to leave? That is such a game changer. Like that, that is it. I mean, there's so many things, but like that too. And I, I wasn't, of course, aware of that. But I, I was thinking like, as you were saying, I'll go, but that keeps Natasha on her toes to be like, how can I contribute? How can I be a good leader? How can I make it so enticing that they are just like, I can't leave because this is such a good, like a good position for me to be in. And I, and I know firsthand because I was, I was a stylist and I know what would have made it better for me is having the hair on hand. So we stock all of the hair in the salon in both 18 and 22 inches. We don't have like, you know, shorter lengths. If somebody wants like 12 inches, they have to purchase 18 inch and we have to cut it up. Um, But it's great because they don't have to worry about, you know, hair companies being out of stock. Um, Like let's say their client gets there and their hair color looks a little different than it did when they ordered the hair, they can swap it out last minute and trade for another color. We can get a client in that day. Like if the stylist doesn't have anything in their books and they do a consult, they can put it in right then and there. You know, there's so many perks to it. Yes, it was a lot upfront to invest in a ton of hair, but I feel like the, the, the um, you know, the amount of sales that we're able to generate because we do have the hair on hand kind of cancels out that big cost that we had to do up front. It makes it so worth it. Well, it was your vision. I mean, your vision was to have it. So you, you, you did the things to be able to invest in having all the hair there. So being a salon owner, is there, is there something like, cause you, you opened your salon, like right. I mean, in the middle of the pandemic, right? We signed our we're in lockdown, definitely. Yeah, you're like, I, you're like, I did the thing. Yeah. So with, with that, are there, what, do you wish you would have known going into being an owner? Is there, is there anything, I know, is anything unfold? You're like, wow, I wasn't prepared for that. Or maybe I was prepared for this. Well, I would say the most humbling part was realizing like, oh, I thought my previous boss was like killing it, like making so much money off of me, but I had no idea how much costs were involved with running a salon that is the most like 
aha, like the biggest aha moment for me is like, dude, like I was, you know, making great money over there, but I thought she was like killing it as well. Um, and there are so many things that I had no idea that all rack up. Like I'm at the end of the month and I'm like doing our, like I have like this spreadsheet cause I'm like really into numbers and I like to know where all the money's going. And I'm like, holy shit. Like I had no idea it cost this much money to run a salon. Like she was barely making anything off of me. And it's like, that's when I knew like, you know, for me, I wouldn't go in there and say, Hey, can I have a raise? Because it wasn't a raise that I was wanting. It was like another level of career that she wasn't able to provide for me. Um, but going into it, I'm like, there's, there are so many things that I had no idea about that are, you know, like we provide coffee, water, we do mimosas, we do red wine. We try to make the client experience again from you different from every other salon in the area. We want those bougie clients coming in here, but I, I like to be generous with my stylists as well because they are killing it behind the chair. Um, so I provide all of that. And those are like the minimal costs, like credit card, transaction fees, um, maintenance around the salon, um, cleaning, you know, a cleaning crew to come in here, um, just sales tax at the end of every month. Like there's so much that goes into it that I'm like, wow, like I had no idea. When, That's a good point. Yeah. So when your, your stylist or salon owner tells you like, I can only do so much they're not lying. It, it comes to a point where they're actually losing money on you. Even if you're at 65% commission or whatever it might be, like they, it has to be worth their time too. So I think, yeah, I love that you shared that because it's such, it is, is it such an interesting point and something that people don't think about? Like you said, I didn't think about that until I was in that position. I think it goes for most businesses. Like people look at people and go, wow, they're so successful. They have this, they're charging this or da da da. And it's like, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. I mean, that's with us with rich stylists. I mean, even, well, even our online business and we have, we have a couple online businesses, but it's like, there's a lot of costs that go into everything. I can say like, if it wasn't for extensions, I wouldn't own a salon. I would not feel like it would be worth my time and my energy to own a salon if it was like a color only salon, because I know what our profits are and we're mainly extensions. A lot of my girls do extensions and I'm still working behind the chair. Um, but if I was, you know, just a color only location or salon, I, I, I genuinely don't feel like the profit would be enough for me to want to invest my time and my money into something like that. I'm um, with you. Yeah, definitely. If I'm going to do it, I want my salon to kill it. And I want my, my employees to kill it behind the chair. So I, I feel like this is the only way to go, you know, paying a lot of attention to, to your numbers. I know that you and I've talked in the past and you're like, I really wanted to, with my salon, know exactly what I'm making per hour. Um, know what my stylist are making and have that be like the most it can be. Can you walk us through that a little bit? Because I think that's something that stylists would be really inspired to hear. Um, it was it was raising prices, setting boundaries, all those things. But what's kind of your process with that and how you look at it for your salon? So I we actually charge per hour now. So before, oh. um, I never used to do that. And I never used to look at, okay, how much time is it taking me to complete a certain service? And how much am I actually bringing home at the end of that service? So for us, we charge by the 15 minute increment. So even with color, um, I should say only with color, 
Um, I want my girls to know that no matter what color service they're doing behind the chair, they're not gonna make more doing a foil than they would a gloss because then it makes you wanna weed out your gloss clients. Mm -hmm. But if you're the same amount every 15 minutes as you would, you know, whether you're doing a full foil or a root touch up, then it makes it worth your time. You're not like, okay, what services do I need to weed out? So with extensions, it's like a, um, you either get one rose or two rows and it's like a set rate for the hair and then the install. We charge parts and labor for extensions. So we have them okay. purchase, um, on the day of the consultation and that's their deposit. And then we set that hair aside for them. We put it in a baggie with their name on it um, and it's ready for the install day. And then the day of the install, they pay for the labor cost. Um, but I think it's really important as a stylist that's struggling with balance and in just being so overwhelmed behind the chair is to look at your services that you're offering and break down. How long does it take you to do a women's color? What are you charging for that? How long does it take, take you to do a women's haircut? And what are you charging? And, and figure out what your 15 minute increment is worth behind the chair. Um, and then that will kind of help you and guide you to figuring out, okay, what services aren't worth my time anymore? Like when exactly. I did that, I wasn't making shit on men's haircuts. And what, I'm like, why am I doing this? And, and I was still doing kids' haircuts until <laughs> you came along. And <laughs> I, like, Sorry, kids. <laughs> seriously, it's horrible. So I'm like, why has nobody ever told me this before? this should be taught in beauty school. Like they make you feel like you have to offer every service. And it's like, no, you don't. You, you get to design the life that you have or want to have behind the chair. Yeah. So when I broke that down, obviously extensions are the most um, profitable and lucrative as far as income wise. And I enjoy doing it more because I wasn't like flustered and stressed out behind a chair being triple booked and, and making a fraction of what I would if I just had one client behind my chair doing an extension. Isn't that just a game changer? Even just, um, even if the money was exactly the same, even if you weren't making more, but obviously you're making three, four times more, maybe more. Yeah. But like, even if you weren't, it was, for me, I was like, I'm, I never triple booked. I would have never done that in a million years. I think kudos to you for doing it. I think it's so amazing. I did aspire yeah. to do that at one time. And I, cause my idea of being successful was you're double booked all the time. And then, whoa, like really successful people are like triple booked all the time and they have two or three assistants. Yeah. And then I, a long time ago, I was like, but I don't even really like to double book. I was like, I get stressed. It's for me, like the feeling of it, like it wasn't for me, but yeah, just the, the, the relief and the feeling of going, I'm focusing all my attention and all of my headspace and the conversation is all about this person right in front of me instead of me working on this thinking, okay, is Betty under the dryer? I need to do her gloss. What she do? Like, I, I feel like I can be so present. And for me, that, yeah. that felt so good. You're so right. And I actually feel, I used to think the same as you. Okay, so-and-so, she's got three clients going at once. That's amazing. She's killing it. No, she's not. She's probably so mentally. She's and killing herself. Literally. At the end of the day, I feel bad for those people now. I'm like, why are you doing that? Why do three clients be on the chair? You're probably so frazzled and like your headspace isn't clear and you feel like you can't provide an immaculate service to these clients that they deserve because you're so spread thin that you can't give any one person the attention they deserve. So that is huge for me. Like sitting mm -hmm. down with one client 
asking them, do you want anything to drink? We have coffee, mimosa. And you're just like so present, like you said, in that moment, you're not stressed. You get to, to actually enjoy and do your best on that one client because you're not worried about all these other things going on. And it's just like, like you said, it just makes sense. And even if the money wasn't there, I, if it was equal with yeah. color, I would, or even less, I would much rather do that yeah, because me too. it comes to a point where it's like, yeah, money's great, but also your sanity and like your, your mental state when you're at work, you don't want to be stressed out. So to me, it, it's huge ha sitting down with one client at a time and, and being able to be completely present is huge. Mm -hmm. Well, and I'm sure you, you maybe even know people or have seen stylists that they make 30, 40 something thousand dollars a month or whatever, a, a lot of money a month, but they're working at least six days a week, a lot of times seven, maybe 10, 12, 14 hours a day. And it's like, you're making great money, especially in a, a career as a stylist. That's a lot of money, but, but yeah. at what cost? Literally, like, yeah. it to, like it, that is not successful. And I, I, have, I have personally yet to meet a stylist that is making, that, making great money but at the expense of working that much and for that long that feel really really good and fulfilled and happy at the end of the day and present and that are also taking care of their uh, mental health and physical health i just haven't seen it yet for to be in the salon that much um to me it's just not it's not successful I, i'm like it's the opposite because it isn't about the money. Money's like one step. Money's like, okay, I'm successful because I've made some money, but now I want to get really successful, which is leverage yeah. and feeling good and loving my life and having time and having better choices. And feeling aligned with what feels best for you and what you should be doing behind the chair. Yeah. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I have, for some days I'm like, all out of sorts. And I'm like, you guys just bear with me today. Cause I feel like I'm like scatterbrained. I got so much going on, but most days I want to say, I'm pretty like, all right, I'm here. I'm, you know, calm and, and everything's laid out for me. I have an assistant still that I work with that like preps my hair for me. She does my removals. So I don't even do like for great lengths and for IBE. I don't do those things. Cause I'm trying to, again, maximize my time behind the chair. Anybody can do that. So I give those yeah. to my assistants. Um, and I'm doing like the brains of everything, you know, like you're doing what, the things that only you can do. Yeah. It's like, it's like being a, I always like kind of compare it to being like a hygienist or like, a a dentist, you know, like the hygienist can come in and do all the pre-work or like a nurse and a doctor. She writes down the note. Doctor is only there during the important stuff. And then he leaves and then she comes back in and gives you, okay, this is your prescription or whatever. Like that should be the way it is with hairdressers too. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's such a great analogy. And something else that I, I didn't, I forgot to say while you were speaking of the 15 minute um, intervals of, of pricing. I think I said recently to Enrich Stylist, I said, we need to think about our career as like an attorney does. They charge in six, in six minutes. That's how, that's how they charge in an hour is six minutes at a time. I was like, because here's, here's why. Cause they don't let six minutes slip away. I'm like, but how many six minutes do you let slip away? 
yeah. in, in all, I mean, six minutes adds up so much. So I think if we have, I love that you said you made the, the increment even smaller in 15 because it's such a game changer. Instead of, oh, what does it take for me to do a haircut an hour? No, think smaller. Then you can really be like, where am I losing those minutes? Of course. And then you can kind of, if you're a numbers person like me and you geek out over spreadsheets and stuff, you can, you can know, okay, I'm working eight hours a day. If I had all of my 15 minute slots filled with color clients, this is my, I, I'm charging $40 every 15 minutes. I'm going to make X amount every day. And that if I work three days a week and 50 weeks in the year, I will make this much. It mm -hmm. kind of gives you a guide instead of being like, well, my prices are all over the place. So I don't know what I'm going to bring in, you know, every week or whatever. It depends on what services I have. Which it shouldn't depend on that. It shouldn't depend on, well, it depends on if I have a lot of this cuts or that is no, you need to know, like, this is what I make when I show up to do my thing. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. agree. With that. I like doing business that way too, but we don't, we don't tell our clients that because we don't want them back and like being like, okay, you just took a bathroom break. Can you like, you know, stop the timer on my, on my service? Like we never say, oh, we're charging by the minute or, you know, but it's just kind of like, we all know if a highlight takes you an hour, you're going to charge more than if it took you a half an hour. And it's more fair for the client too, because if somebody has short, thin hair, they shouldn't be charged the same amount as somebody with thick, you know, long hair. So it just makes more sense both ways. I think. I think so too. I'm glad you shared that so that, that people aren't necessarily, unless they want to, which again, people can write their own rules 15 minutes at a time, but it's a good guideline to go by. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, as far as like, you know, your 15 minutes for um, color services, just with your, with your stylist, do you kind of have them, um, obviously they're gonna make more when they do extensions, cause that's how, you know, your salon is set up and such, but do you have them a certain, when you do extensions, you need to make X amount more or this amount more, like, is it a certain, what's the word I'm looking for? Do you have a certain tier that you go by or is it just this is what our extensions are? The reason I'm asking is because I, I tell stylists like at a minimum, now they don't have the structure all the time that you have already set up, but like at a minimum, you need to at least, at least be making double for your extension services than you do your normal. I said, that's just like right off the bat. Otherwise it's not worth doing it. Like you don't obviously aren't gonna make the same amount of money that you are doing colors and cuts. It's not a, I'm just curious if you had like a certain guideline to go by that you share. We have a level system in our, in our salon and it's, it goes from level one to level four. Um, when somebody is done with our assistant program, so we have an assistant program as well. It's every other week, it's bi-weekly. It's every Monday morning from like nine to noon. Um, we learn all sorts of things, but once you're done with that program and it's eight months long and you have to test out and we have to make sure you're doing, you know, you know what you're doing before I put you on the floor as a stylist. I want to be confident with everybody. Um, you are a level one stylist. You have certain pricing for that. So mm -hmm. once you hit a certain dollar amount per month at those prices, and you're like, as you build and grow your clientele, once you hit the next threshold threshold in service sales per month, you have a price increase um, because of that, you know, hitting sure. that next level. Sure. So price increase. And then let's say you hit the next one, you know, as you grow, your dollar amount is going to continue to grow every month. And so does your commission, you get more commission and your prices. So 
And that's the way we put it to our clients is like, you know, I got a promotion because I, my, my demand on my time is so much higher now. I'm growing my clientele and we kind of swing it to them that way. And in turn, I'm having a price increase and, and they were like happy for us then. Yeah. It's like, I'm just having this random price increase just because it's like I hit a promotion and they're like, oh my God, I'm so happy Good for, for you. you. Yeah. So we put like a little sign at their station and say, you know, join us in congratulating um, Sam on her next promotion with this will be a slight price increase. We don't say what, how much it is, but if they want to question it and it's usually like per service, $5, because mm-hmm. I also want to make it like not a dollar per service. Well, it's yeah. gotta be, huh. you no, know? sure. I'm done with these little, oh my God, I can't, I can't. Oh my God. When oh. I know you and I were like, <laughs> well, <no. laughs> I can't, I can't it's, deal with that. If clients can't afford you, it's just going to make room for the clients that can like yeah. you need feed people out in order to grow like and that's another thing that I struggle with like I I have a few stylists that you know they have a harder time charging their worth and I'm like you are so undercharging and this all is like you your mind and everything that you said and taught us I just like verbally like vomit (laughs) I'm like I am so happy. It just makes my heart so happy. And, and I will say, this is the reason I do it because it's like I get to share something with you and then look and then it, and then it, it to your stylist, like it does snowball. Yeah, it's good. It's good for the industry. It's good for people and it raises the bar. I've never done any sort of mastermind or anything like what you had. And I, I think it was so beneficial because it was like towards hair extension stylist. Like I could have went and did Tony Robbins, like all those sorts of things that are like, you know, great. Awesome. Or like catered to me. I felt like it was for me and that's exactly what I needed. But I can say this. So many people think it's so easy to get to this point of where like success. Mm -hmm. And I kept wondering like before any of this ever happened, like, oh my God, how am I ever going to be successful? I feel like it's so much work and it is. And I used to think that I was working so hard before, but I had no idea what hard work was until I opened a business and you actually are implementing the, like you have to take what you teach and do something with it. You can't Mm. just, and, and I, I have this, you know, I go over this with my stylist. I'm like, I can tell you everything you need to know to be successful because I know it works from experience, but you need to take action and use the tools that I'm showing you and giving you and implement it in order to see results. Cause mm-hmm. I can't guarantee you it's going to work because sure. why for me and not for you? It works so for everybody. That's a whole thing is like ment- mental, like you, like stop cutting people discounts, stop mm-hmm. you know, thinking people stop managing other people's pocketbooks. That's like the Absolutely. biggest, you don't know what it might be worth to your client. You might not spend $2,500 on hair extensions, but if your client is insecure about her hair, that might be worth like, you know, they might be willing to pay 5,000 for it. You don't know. Absolutely. On what that's going to do for that person's confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. This has been such a great, a great conversation, Natasha. I appreciate it so much. One, one last thing. 
what would you share with a stylist who is looking at Rich Stylist Academy but is just uncertain? Run, don't walk. <laughs> I, I was be I, like I, Natasha. <laughs> be like Natasha is that needs to be the tagline. Literally have nothing to lose besides a whole other level of success. Like you don't want to pass that up. You'd rather go to sleep knowing you gave it your all. You did everything you could and implemented everything you could and used the resources that were handed to you to become successful than always wondering what if. Like that is my whole thing. Just do it, but actually, actually do it. If you're going to do it and invest, invest the time and the hard work that yeah. goes because like I said, you can give anybody what they need to be successful, but you have to actually implement it. I could not agree more. It has to be done. You have to take action. And you were just the perfect example of someone who had the light bulb, light bulb go off. You, you got the information, but you didn't just let it sit in your head. Like yeah. you put it into major action and girlfriend, it is amazing. Like all the things, and I know this is just like a fraction of what you're even going to do. So I freaking love you and thank you for this conversation. It's, it's, it's so powerful and valuable and I'm happy you are happy you're a friend and I love what you do. Thank you so much. I cannot thank you and Alex both enough. Honestly, I told you, you guys have changed my life. Ever since I met you guys, it's been like only up and up from there. So, and I, I owe a lot of it to you guys. So thank you so much. I appreciate thank you. it. Thank you, Natasha. We'll talk soon. All right. See you guys. Would you like to be the highest paid hair extensionist in your city? 86% of stylists make three to $5,000 per month. But as an extensionist, you can make that kind of money in one single day. If you're already certified by one of the top companies and you want to make the most money possible with that certification, then I'd love to invite you to discover Rich Stylist Academy. This is an elite mentorship where I give you the secrets to attracting the best clients, doing the best transformations and making the most money. Stylists in this mentorship commonly have 3K days, $10,000 months and six figure years. Space is very limited as we only accept 10 stylists per month to this mentorship. Click the link and fill out the quick free application and see if it's a fit for you.